You would think that after last week's text with hell and cutting off hands and feet, we might get a reprieve and get to meditate this morning on healing or loaves and fish. But here we are with yet another scripture that has been misused through the course of church history to disastrous results. This time on the subject of divorce. The church's interpretation of these scriptures about divorce has done so much harm over the years. There have been people who have been forced out of congregations, people who have felt uncomfortable coming to church. One man told me this week in a Lutheran church where he grew up, a woman who had been an engaged member of the community dared to come to church after she divorced her husband and was treated as a pariah. No one would sit near her or speak to her. And I've heard of people being denied communion, asked to step out of leadership, and even thrown out for divorcing their spouses. There's also been the results of these scriptures that have caused folk to stay in marriages that are abusive, in marriages that are toxic, because they are so afraid of what might happen if they get a divorce. And it all comes back to the way that folk have interpreted the scripture and used it against their siblings in Christ. In the first century, marriage was a completely different animal than it is today. In that time, there was no falling in love and planning a perfect proposal and getting married in an extravagant event. All marriages were arranged by the family. One married whomever their parents and family decreed to be a good match and most beneficial for the family. Did you like the way they looked? Who cares? Do they also like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain? Didn't matter. A good family, truth be told, probably wanted their children to have a good match and to be stable. Be being happy with that match was of no concern. So to try to compare our current culture of romance and uh, marriages that are primarily focused on two individuals and do not include clans of families and intricate land and trading ties is really inappropriate. So before we go any further into the scriptures this morning, I have a message for those of you who have been divorced. As I stand in this pulpit this morning with my vestments that remind us all of my yoking to God and of 2018 years of church history, my position of leadership in this church and my position of leadership in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, I say to you that have been divorced, I am so sorry if any pastor or church or Christian has ever made you feel like you did not belong or were some way less of a child of God because of your journey. You are beloved. You are welcome here. Your divorce does not define what we think of you or what God thinks of you, and we are grateful that you are here and embrace the gift of God's resurrection life with you and for you. Know that today. Now... With that out of the way, we can unpack and explore what Jesus was communicating to the disciples in our text this morning. He was not asserting that one should not divorce anyone anywhere ever. 
He was using marriage as a metaphor of what it means to live humbly and faithfully in the life that we are given. To choose to love the life that we have and to be filled with the love of God. Jesus, after all, was never married, right? One does not have to be married to live a holy, faithful, and fulfilling life. And Jesus is really a beautiful example of this. But this scripture is for everyone this morning, regardless of relationship status. Love the ones you are with. Embrace the life that you have been gifted by God. God has created us to be in relationship with God's self, with one another, and with the created world. Everything is connected. The way we live and even our most domestic and unobserved moments matters. Since my dad died, I have had a different sense of the fragility of creation and its interconnectedness. It has stopped me in my tracks when I see something beautiful in the world. My relationship with my dad, which once seemed so rock solid and foundational, the strongest person I knew in my world, the biggest support and biggest cheerleader, always there for me, no matter what, has slipped off the tracks of father-daughter getting to laugh and hike together and share meals and has become something different. It has evolved. But the primacy and strength of that relationship, mundane as it seemed on days when he drove me to soccer or taught me to ski, has formed me and has changed me because it affects how gently and boldly I live. All of our relationships, however mundane, can do this. Sometimes we don't realize they've done it until they're over and and changed and, and, and separated by death. But it is true for all of these mundane-seeming relationships that we have. Jesus did not get married, but he had very many close friends. When he was at Martha, Mary, and Lazarus' place, he was at home in himself. When he hung out with John or bickered with Peter or had a meal with Mary Magdalene, he embraced his earth-brown life. Jesus spread his love around to as many as he could connect with, showing how powerful day in and day out mundane life can be. He did not only heal and perform miracles. His life was not one solid highlight reel, which if you looked at the Gospels, you might think so. There was so much more in between the lines. There was normal days. There was meals where no miracles necessarily occurred. There were many miles walked with friends. There were chores, things to be bought at the market. And whether he was wandering in the chaos of the wilderness with the disciples or given hospitality in one of his many followers' tables, he loved the ones he was with. This normal life of Jesus teaches us as profoundly as the highlight reel. Today's scripture is not about divorce. It is about honoring the life that we have. Jesus' teaching is about the primacy of relationships with one another, with the created world, with our dogs and cats and birds, as we saw yesterday at the blessing of the animals, 
what a joy to be able to come together and celebrate these mundane relationships that we have with our pets in our homes that bring us such joy, that bring so much joy to the world. What we do with our relationships, with our mundane lives, matters. We get, as Christians, to honor these moments and one another as holy. My mom has been on her own journey of a marriage ending, not through divorce, but through death. She has been very sad, but she's also kept herself very busy with the relationships and richness of life that she has in San Antonio. She's busy at her church, her clubs. She hangs out with her friends and her family, grandchildren that she has in town and children. I was on the phone with her <clears throat> last week while she went for a walk. And it was near the end of, of the school day, and she was walking by a local high school. As we talked, she said, oh, look at those teenage boys. They think they're so cool with their shirts off and their pants hanging down. I'm going to go give them high fives. And I heard her. She proceeded to, to walk up to these kids and say, hey, high fives. High fives for the old grandma. I heard a chuckling young man say, have a nice day, man. It was such a beautiful, mundane moment into my mother's world. A 76-year-old widow and grandmother with a shock of white hair walking down the street. She could have just remained invisible. She had every right. She's been so sad. She suffered a deep, deep loss. No one would blame her. But instead, she chose to spread encouragement and joy to see those young men who were trying to act so tough as the sweet, beloved children of God that they were, and to reach out to them in encouragement and love. God intends for us to live in relationship and community. And in community, as we love each other, care for each other, serve together, laugh together, we become the body of Christ, that it is a safe haven for all, Loving the ones we are with, ourselves, our pets, our partners, our kids, the teenagers on the side of the road trying to look cool, the greater community. And you, Burlington Lutheran Church, you beautifully love the ones you're with. It is such an honor to be your pastor and to watch as you embrace each other, tease each other, and care for each other when you have deep need. You care for each other beautifully, and it is changing the world. Your mundane lives are changing the world. The way you stand in line to pick up your kid at preschool, the way you listen to your coworkers' woes, the way you hug your children when they are sad, the way you bake cookies for coffee hour, the way you follow up on a conversation with care and compassion, the way you give your spouse or best friend the space to be themselves. Your relationships are holy and true. Your mundane lives are proclamations of the gospel. Your willingness to hope is a claiming of Jesus' resurrection life. You are the body of Christ. Amen.